Welcome to this edition of Brooks, Bible, Beer, and Queer. The podcast was such a general title that I can speak with anyone about almost anything. I am your host, Joyce Hagen McIntosh, and for the record, I like books, I like the Bible, I like beer, and I am queer. This is Joyce from Joyce Stands Up. Welcome back for the second episode of Books, Bible, Beer, and Queer podcast. For those of you wondering, I do happen to be a librarian, a Christian. I like beer, although I like hard cider even more. And I'll confess that right now, pumpkin spice cream liqueur is amazing. And yes, I'm queer. So I grew up in Southwest Michigan. Now I live in both Southwest Michigan and outside of Chicago, Illinois. And I found that there are the same sorts of people with the same hopes, fears, and questions living in every place. I recently spoke at my church in Michigan about the fact that they're working on becoming an open and affirming congregation within the United Church of Christ. A repeated question throughout the process is, why are we taking this step? We already welcome everyone. I'd like to share with you what I shared with people in my congregation there in the hopes that I'll answer that why. And my hope is that more and more churches will make their welcoming status formal. So... I am thankful for my immediate family and for the fact that Jesus and God are a constant presence in my life. My mother's faith is the reason that I am a Christian. The education, conversations, church exposures, and love that she showed for Christ and for me are the reason why the liturgical calendar is my internal calendar, why I pray why I have a tattoo of Philippians 4-4 on my arm. (laughs) Um, Actually, I don't think she would want credit for that. Pretty sure. Um, But she's also the reason why I have security in a faith that is built on love and a spirit that ensures heaven. My mom was a Methodist from birth to death, and a copy of the Upper Room Daily Devotional was next to her bed every day while she and I were both alive. And when I came out as being gay, the first thing she said was, Can you still talk to Jesus? Followed by, Because if you're good with him, you're good with me. My brother is a pastor and became a born-again Christian when I was only seven or eight years old. We have a shared religious journey. It started out great. I got to attend church with him. I enjoyed the music and scripture and energy, but it seriously went downhill when I came out. And we've had our ups and downs over the past 40 years. But with luck and a loving God lending a hand, My brother and I have landed in the same denominational home. In fact, he is currently a UCC pastor in Honeyoy, New York, and we have a similar understanding of how to live as Christians. And without my brother Kenneth, 
I wouldn't have had an introduction to the wide variety of Christian thought and worship that I have today, and I'm so thankful for that. For those of you who don't know my bro, please listen to podcast episode one. I interviewed Kenneth regarding his most recent book releases, because the guy's an author and a pastor and a teacher. He's a busy guy. Um, on to my father. He was a wonderful man. He was agnostic, which he defined as, I'm open to the idea that there's a God, but I don't know and I don't have the answers. He was a chemist, he was a chemist but he had an equal passion for physics and anything that flies. And he lived more like Jesus than most Christians I know. He was also a brilliant man who'd read the Bible, and he was up for talking about the Bible in the same way that he talked about all history. And he understood that humans are human, and therefore church can be hard because it's a batch of humans attempting to do the work of the divine. So <clears throat> another given and a constant since I was probably about nine is that I know I'm gay. Starting perhaps in fourth grade, I noticed girls in the same way that many people noticed boys or some people noticed girls and boys. That has always been a part of me. And around that time, my father, who also, uh, he was an emotionally intelligent man, told my mom, I think Joyce will be gay when she grows up. And my mother said, well, how do you know and what should we do about it? And he said, well, I'll wait for her to tell me. And I did tell my parents a decade later. I love my parents and their wisdom, insight, and patience. So I am thankful and I am lucky. I've always been able to be fully me. It doesn't mean it was simple, but as I noted, Having faith and being the church isn't simple. Being human isn't simple. Loving people and meeting them where they are isn't simple. So if that's the case, if I'm gay and I've been so lucky, why do I think it matters that First Congregational Church of South Haven or any other church would be open and affirming? Why should that make any difference? First of all, it would remove any fear and confusion for LGBT people interested in coming to that congregation. I joke that it will save Pastor Jeffrey or any other pastor time. Let me explain that one. I interviewed him thoroughly before stepping my foot in our church's door. And I've done that at every single church I've visited since I was 18 years old. And I'm in my 50s. And many gay Christians do the same thing. When I was in college, I expected to head to Michigan State University and attend the University Reformed Church because that's where my big brother had attended when he was a student. The pastor at the time, Tom Stark, had been a great mentor for Kenneth. The community was alive. The worship was exciting. I loved the music, and I looked forward to it. 
until a member responded to my inquiries about the fact that I am gay and I wanted to attend. She returned my call explaining that that's not what God intended for me and that they had a video series that would help me see a different way and heal me. Side note, guys, that's called reparative therapy. And the American Psychological Association doesn't believe it's good for humans to go through that. And I am one of those, a human. So I've also been invited, uninvited, I mean, I've been uninvited from being part of MOPS leadership. That stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. The associate pastor at the church that hosted it came to my house to get to know me. And she proceeded to explain that MOPS recognizes marriage as being between a man and a woman. She didn't get to know me. She doesn't know I'm a Christian. She doesn't know I've considered going to seminary. She doesn't know I'm married and my sons are baptized. She doesn't know anything about me except the fact that I'm gay. And I've been asked why I want to live in the town I live in, because there are more diverse places where I could raise my family. And I've seen the challenge that gay pastors have finding jobs. They are Christians called to serve in the church in a variety of denominations. And they attend seminary, and they're limited to only a small number of seminaries within those denominations. And then the church leaders who will hire them, that's an even more restricted number. So, at First Congregational Church and at other UCC churches, many of the congregations already have a great start. My amazing neighbors invited me and my family to our church. They literally said, your family is welcome at our church. Pastor Jeffrey took time to meet and talk and have coffee with me. And I have never felt blocked from participating at any level. But here's the difference between me and other people. Those experiences I had that I just listed are nothing, literally nothing, compared to the hurt and damage and human collateral because suicide's a real thing, that comes with not following Jesus by welcoming, accepting, and embracing all of us who were created in God's image. I want a high schooler who's scared to come out to know that Christians are sitting right here in their hometown ready to accept them, and that Christ accepts them. That's the message and we will be on the record as sharing that message. I want a person, whether young, old, black, white, queer, trans, you name it, to know they are welcome here in an open and affirming church. They are welcome to worship here. They are welcome to live out their call here. They are welcome to bring their family here. They are a part of the body of Christ that we are right here and we're ready to meet them where they are. Because that's what Jesus did. He met people regardless of who they were. 
He treated them well and met them where they were at at the time. He didn't stone them or leave them hungry or tell them to change who they are. He asked them to follow him and to do things the way he did. I am so thankful that that's the Jesus I know. And I hope for every body of Christ to continue that type of work by becoming open and affirming. So that was the testimony that I shared with my church, or whatever you choose to call it. And if you'd like me to bring my soapbox and stand on it at your church, I'd be thrilled to. Or if you'd like to leave a comment or send me an email or have a congregation, I'd be happy to. You can visit joystandsup.com and leave your comment there. You can send me an email. I stand up for a lot of things. This is one of them near the top. Thank you so much for joining me and listening this afternoon, and I hope that you will stay tuned for episode three of Books, Bible, Beer, and Queer, the podcast from Joyce Stands Up. Have a good one, everyone.